I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hey everybody, what's up? This week's episode will be a shorter one. My family and I set a goal to move from the East Coast to the Midwest to be closer to family, and that's what I'm in the midst of doing right now. So I wanted to do an episode today to talk about the move. As many of you know, setting and achieving a goal like that seems to be an impossible task. Move from Pennsylvania all the way out to the Indiana-Michigan area, especially with BPD and the ADHD that seems to accompany it. This is because we get so caught up in the steps of a goal and so concerned with how we are going to achieve the goal that we don't look at the big picture. For the last few years, we have set our sights on our mission, moving and home ownership, two things that I thought I would never be able to accomplish. It's amazing what can happen when you stop focusing on the steps and how long it may or may not take to reach your goal and start focusing on what it will be like in the end. From making ice cream like Sam to finishing a 10K kettlebell swing program. Yeah, that's right. 10,000 kettlebell swings. That is not a hyperbole. To owning a house in the Midwest. Achieving a goal that you set out to achieve is an incredible feeling. It's freeing. There is freedom and the power to make choices, and like Jocko Willink says, discipline equals freedom. We'll come back to this idea at the end. Now, I have to say that moving wasn't and isn't all roses and sunshine. So I thought today would be a great day to talk about what it's like to experience stress, change, and a whole lot of just waiting and uncertainty while in recovery how I handled it, and ultimately why I consider myself recovered and why I have this podcast and coaching business to help others do the same. I should start by saying that change was awful for me in my BPD mind before recovery, of course. Horrible, awful, no good, and bad. Just like that book-turned-TV show with the kid Alexander, is it? Maybe because I was a child, like, yeah, like I acted like a child back then, right? All right, well, all change was hard for me before recovery. Uncertainty was horrible and waiting. (laughs) I didn't wait for things, guys. I remember my best friend, Monica, at the time would go shopping with me. One time, she wanted these coat shoes at at the mall. So we went there to get them, but they weren't on sale, and she actually walked away from the shoes because they weren't on sale. I was like, whoa. She waited until she found the best deal to get her shoes. I was an adult when this happened, and let's be clear on that fact. Late 20s. And yet this was mind-blowing to me. I tried to emulate this financially smart behavior with little success, unfortunately, right after. I wanted what I wanted, and I wanted it now. You know these advertisements that convince you if you don't buy right then, the item will somehow be gone and vanish forever? Yeah, that was me. Those people were speaking to the old me. If you've never bought a house before, I will tell you that the process requires so much more discipline and patience than a sale on a pair of coach slip-ons. First, you have to get a mortgage company to tell you how much you can spend. Then, you go house shopping. Do you love the first house you see? Awesome. Don't expect it. 
because your offer could be rejected. You could get into a bidding war, or the house could be sold before your realtor even has a chance to put in your offer. Once your offer is accepted, it's not over. Oh, no way, not even close. You are in a contract, but that essentially means you put a deposit down and you may or may not get the house. Talk about uncertainty. Once you go through all of that, the gathering of the documents for the loan officer begins. They need a copy of what feels like every document you have ever saved. That's a hyperbole. (laughs) Then the appraisal and inspections and the underwriting process for the mortgage actually begins. We're talking more than a month before the loan officer says, okay, you guys, you are clear to close. Meaning, we approve this loan and the house is yours. We started looking for houses at the beginning of July and we closed on the house yesterday. So it's a lot. And I would never have survived it if I hadn't recovered. Okay, survived it? Of course I would have. That's a hyperbole. So how did I do it? Remember that self-discipline is on my moral compass, right? So I kept my eye on the mission for one. The mission was to do everything in our power to move to the Midwest to be closer to our family. In order to do this, I needed to grow our business to a good and humble start. It's hard to sit around in my emotion when my eyes are focused and fixed on the prize, which is an online business that we can take on the road to our new home with family. I could have broken down several times along the way, but I chose to allow the emotions to pass and to maintain self-discipline. Overwhelming emotions and focusing on the negative just hurts me and my family especially my son who needs me to teach him that emotions come and go and that sitting in emotions is a bad idea because it will hurt you in the long run. In the time when house hunting began, I maintained my patience by engaging in hobbies and staying active. I played guitar, cooked, worked out, played with our dogs, and played basketball with my family. There were times when things got difficult, that's for sure. Here's an example of how. We closed on the house yesterday. When we got there, the power was out. I thought for sure it was because they forgot to turn the power on, or maybe we even forgot to call. But sure enough, the power was out and will be out until this Friday. Today's Wednesday. So from Tuesday to Friday at 11 p.m. at night. No water, no power, nothing. Not to mention that our stuff is being hauled by a trailer company and isn't coming until Thursday. So no stuff, no power. Brutal, right? It gets better. We borrowed a generator from our realtor's husband and the pull cord on the generator broke. What a crazy start, huh? So what did I do with no power, a broken borrowed generator, no stuff, no way to clean or take a shower in a new state away from everything I've known for the last 38 years? Well, I did break down once yesterday. I started crying like a baby yesterday, and I said, I want to go home while sitting in my new home in another state. But who wouldn't experience some kind of emotion in this state, right? I just told you all the stuff that we've been going through lately. It's a crazy situation to be in, and I knew what I said was ridiculous the minute it left my my mouth. Excuse me. I am home. 
and I'm in my brand new house that I was able to purchase with my husband. This is my new home. Not only did I know that what I said was ridiculous, I have learned empathy, meaning I know that I cannot show my son, who also moved up with us, with this different life, embarked on this journey, just how upset I am. He needs to see us strong, and he needs to see Jay and I as a united front. Not to mention that, I mean, Jay needs a partner, right? He doesn't need a dependent, another child to take care of. So he's going through the same level of stress that I am. I really need to support him and have his back because that's what being a partner is. All right, so this all happened before the generator pull cord broke. So I'm crying and then they go and they go pick up the generator. So I just dried my tears and I kept on cleaning the new house as best I could. I was fine by the time they got back and we all had meatballs and watched the beautiful Midwestern sunset. It was touch and go, and I could have taken that moment and gotten really upset. Actually, I will tell you a time where I would have done this, not so very long ago. Transition and change was always so hard for me. I remember coming back from our honeymoon, and I was like, yo, I can't even remember what the problem was. It wasn't a big one. But I remember being just so agitated. I think because, oh, right, I don't like funny smells, right? (laughs) I can be really weird with smells. Like, if something smells funny, I don't want to be a part of it. I can't eat. Like, I can't eat in new places. I can't eat in hotel rooms because it smells funny. Whatever. Anyway, so we come back from our honeymoon, which was incredible. We went to Charleston, South Carolina. And we walk in the door, and the house smells. Because we had a dog sitter who didn't really clean well. Anyway, I was so upset that I threw my suitcase across the room the day we walked in from our honeymoon. So that's the kind of tantrums that I would have. You can kind of get an idea (laughs) before I started in my recovery journey. Or actually, you know, that's not true. It was in the beginning of my recovery journey then. So to have all of this change and to be sitting on the floor of a house with no power, no way to get power for days, none of my stuff, in a new state with new people, and to have cried and to be able to pick myself back up and know that now is not the time to have a breakdown is an amazing feat and how did I do it with practice with practice and patience and self-discipline and adherence to my moral compass so how did it end all right well today my brother-in-law fixed the pool cord the generator is up and running the house is clean And my son is hanging out with his cousins as we speak under our beautiful willow tree. We have a house full of family helping clean. And I stopped to take our Boston Terrier to a local vet and to record this episode. At any point in time, I could have had a major tantrum. I would have had, I had my BPD brain. I would have made this all about me. I would have complained and chosen to be upset and to catastrophize, but I didn't. I chose gratefulness. I am grateful to have a house and to have a business where I can devote my life to helping others. I am grateful that our family is around us. I am grateful all around. Everything bad works itself out if only you can choose not to focus only on the bad. Remember when I said earlier in the episode that discipline equals freedom? I started discipline 
I stayed disciplined, excuse me, to my recovery and to our mission of moving to the Midwest and to my work. And I didn't let being uncomfortable or feeling scared or anxious sidetrack me. I also never gave up. I had courage and integrity and I will continue to be brave as we adjust to this different life. I know that I wasn't always this way and I am grateful for this transformation as well. So to everyone out there who has a hard time with change, with patience, with self-discipline, with integrity, with the idea of having a solid moral compass and that emotions will go if you let them go, there is hope. Keep trying. Set your goals and don't get caught up in the steps. Move forward. Start small and keep going. It will be hard at first, very hard. But the more you accomplish, the easier your next goal will be. Until next time. So last week, I did an episode on nutrition and it talked all about water and eating nutritious foods. So today's Q&A comes from actually a lot of different people asking me the same question, so I thought I would address it this week. So the million dollar question is, does it have to be water? Can I drink Crystal Light, Propel, Gatorade? (laughs) The list goes on and on and on. Water, people. Even if you like those aha or those um, like sparkling water, carbonated water beverages, that still doesn't count. You need to have regular natural water. If you don't like the taste of water, I get that. But maybe you can think of it as medicine that you're giving your body. Because if you have a headache, I'm pretty sure you'll take a Tylenol. And if you accept aggressive polypharmacy, or if you're even on one or two antidepressants, you're going to take that pill, right? So take the pill with water and chase it down with your sparkling water beverage if you need to. But plain water is just so good for your body. Remember, we are made of water. So we need to replenish that in order to not be dehydrated because dehydration can lead to all kinds of issues. It can make you feel sluggish and tired and slow. It can make you feel like you have a headache. So just think about that. Think of your water as your medicine and chase it with something if you need to. Whatever you need to do, don't put crystal light in it. We don't need to add sugar to our water, guys. That's the problem, right? If you need to find a water you like, definitely go out and do that. The client that I had told you in that last episode that called water shower juice, she found the water that she loves and it's called Essentia, also a skater's family favorite. Awesome. So if anybody has any other questions about nutrition, definitely send them my way and I'll be back next week with um, more Q&A answers. Bye guys. Okay, thanks for listening. That was from Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from the last episodes, and I'd love to hear whatever questions you have, too. Just download the Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. We'll have all those links in the show description. 
Okay, we made it. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rose Skeeters, and I'll be back next week with another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Talk to you then.